Tonight I'm ministering to you something along, some thoughts along the line of increase. And the title is just increase. I heard what Pastor Mark said. He said we need to be more increase-minded. So keep an open mind to put on increase-mindedness. Let's start with Psalm 115, verse 12 through 16. By the way, increase is God's idea. It's not man-made and it's not something that somebody, some entrepreneur on Wall Street invented. God is the God of increase. He's always expanding. Everything that God creates, it expands and it's meant to grow. The universe is expanding at whatever they say, the speed of light or whatever it is. I'm not a scientist, but I have enough... I have enough sense to know that when the Lord set in motion creation, light and life was and continues to be. And so uh, that's God. That's that's a tribute of God. So let's look at Psalm 115, verse 12 through 16. This is just some opening thoughts. And I hope we could run because I really like the second half more than anything else. It says this in the King James, New King James Version. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will do what to us? He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He'll bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord. Hey, that's, that's us somewhere in there, right? Do you fear the Lord? Honor Him, right? Both small and great. So that means from the sm- smallest to the greatest. May the Lord give you increase more and more. So this is very interesting in the Bible. If, if you have a problem with increasing, this really uh, challenges us, doesn't it? You and your children, may you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the children of men. Now, what we're addressing, and I have a feeling this really should be more than just one session, but I'll do my utmost because I don't often get a chance to stand in front of you like this. But we're talking about a full spectrum increase, spiritual increase first and foremost, and an increase in wisdom, an increase in knowledge, an increase in understanding, soulish increase, increase physically. How about increased strength, an increased Financially, an increase in favor. It just goes on and on, and it's all throughout the Bible. Increase is God's idea. Can you say that? Now, let me just set a foundation here. We are not a blab it and grab it group prosperity cult. We really are not that. But I want to state that increase starts with God, and where we're concerned, it starts with the Word. There is no increase outside of His Word. I'll show you as we go along. Let's look at Acts chapter 20 and verse 32 again in the King James Version. It says this, And now, brethren, I commend you, or I commit you to God, and to the what? To the Word of His grace. So it's the Word which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. Among all of them which are sanctified. We talked about sanctified people and sanctifying yourself on Sunday morning. I thought God visited us that day. Let me read a few phrases for you in the Amplified Version about this thing about the Word of His grace. And what the Word of His grace is able to do. I commend you, this is Amplified. I commend you to the Word of His grace, to the commands, listen, the commands counsel and promises of his unmerited favor. I want you to understand that when you are being committed to the word, I just made a a very bold statement that without the word of God, there is no increase. And understand when we say the word, there are dimensions to the word. One of it, as uh, three of them that you see here, is the commands. We must not take the word of God lightly. You have to understand when God gives and issues instruction or correction or reproof, it's not a suggestion. The problem with those of many of us born in America, we have forgotten that the Ten Commandments are not the Ten Suggestions. They are not optional. 
There are laws that we will see when it comes to increase that are not optional. These laws exist. God, ex- God created these laws and He's commanding us through His Word so that we would cooperate with the laws that He has established. Now, countries, people that disobey the order that God has established, they cannot prosper. They're going against the grain, against the flow of God. So let's look at a couple of things. So there are commands, there are counsels. We need counsel. And then what else? So counsel is insight into your life situation. If you're a businessman, if you're a mom, if you're a, if you're a patient dealing with some very difficult situation, if you're a physician dealing with with patients, and you need you need God's counsel in your operating through your life, it comes through His Word. It enables you to navigate through difficult situations and come out on top. And it also says, not only counsels, but also promises. The promises of God are yes and amen. They are what I hang on to and what you and I hang on to every day. Without his promise, what have we got? I like what uh, uh, one minister said, that you are just one word stands between you and annihilation. And that's the word of God. Of course, I understand the the blood of Jesus. But when when God gives you a word... A word of correction or admonition or instruction. That word will help you to preserve you. Read the saw of rather the Proverbs. Sometimes you hear the instruction of a father. Stay away from these kind of people. Don't go to places like that. And if you're a son or a daughter and you're still at that age where mom and dad are telling you what to do. (laughs) Please understand they're trying to operate in counsel. That counsel will preserve you. You read through the Proverbs. It says, "If listen unto me. He says, give ear to, to my words. And he's speaking like a father to a son. Because my counsel is going to preserve you and keep, your, keep you alive. When other people are falling by the wayside, you shall stand. These are the counsels of God. But moving right along in, in 3 John uh, 2, uh, 3 John verse 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. And wish, by the way, uh, I don't know if they knew it when they were translating it. Many, many, many translations, especially like New King James, others say, I pray. Nowhere in the Bible say, I wish. When in the world do you say, I wish? It's like, I wish upon a star. No, it's, I pray. I pray Above all things, that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. That sounds like a prayer of increase to me. So anyway, uh, just some, some thoughts on increase. We said that the increase starts with the Word of God. Let's look at Acts chapter 6, verse 7. Can we just run through some of these? Let the Word speak for itself. And the Word of God did what? Increased. When the Word of God increases in your life, when you can hear God speaking to you through His principles, His precepts, His counsels, His correction, when you can hear Him speaking to you through the Word and you are willing to receive it, then you too will mightily increase. It says here, the Word of God increased, and it says that the number of disciples did what? Multiplied in Jerusalem a little bit. No, greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Now these were people that were uh, antagonistic to the move of God in that day. So religious people, non-religious people, it doesn't really matter. When the word has free course, things happen. There's increase, amen, into the kingdom of God. And look at in the next verse. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. That would be the King James Version of Acts 16.5. So you see, increasing and growing is a good thing. I mean, where have we been so dumbfounded that we thought that increase was only important on quarterly statements for Wall Street companies? Come on, people. Fortune 500, like quarterly statement. Well, we're we're projecting a 13% increase this year. This is our projection. And then they grade that company and they say, so this is a buy and everybody rushes to buy that stock. What are they? They're projecting, somebody say, growth. Growth. They're projecting increase. After all, who wants to invest on something that's going down the drain? 
Hi, invest in my company. I lost 40% of value. Come on, invest with me. We're going to really lose money for you. That's not how it works. People move and because just like God is a God of increase, when you step into that zone, you're bound to go up. Somebody say, I'm going up. Hallelujah. But again, it starts with the word. And let me just say this about the word. The way that you treat the word of God is the determining factor of the level of increase in your life. Let me, let me say that statement. That, that, that's an original. I hope, I hope that was clear enough. The way that you treat the word is the determining factor of your level of increase in your life. So let's fill in the blank on what level of Like how much peace? If you're going to have peace in your soul, it'll be directly proportional to how you treat the word of God regarding the peace of God. If you're dealing with a physical situation in your life, you're going to deal proportionately increase in health in direct proportion to how much and how you treat the word in your life that's coming towards you. Pastor Tom, give me scripture and verse. Okay, Jesus said, the amount of thought and study that you give to the things that you hear is the amount of virtue that's going to be measured back to you. I'm borrowing from Christ on that point. But the idea here is, if you don't do something with the word, you're not going to increase. And, and the thought is here, friends, I, I, am, I am a person that researches a lot. I love to research. And when I was a young man trying to figure life out, I, I got uh, my hands on just about every, every self help book available. I mean, I, you know, the, the one that, the, 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 uh, the one that says, the one about the fleas that jump and all that, uh, he's, see you at the top. I love that book. And the guy's a Christian, by the way, Zig Ziglar. I just love that book, but you know, and, and he's a Christian and he's using Christian principle. But what I'm trying to tell you is the, whatever, that's the gospel. But you remember, you have to exercise the gospel, not without Christ, but with Christ. There's a lot of people trying to do seminars on success and how to increase, but it's without Christ. It won't last. It won't work. They'll get the big house on the hill. They'll get the Bentleys in the garage, but they'll also end up in the divorce courts. Rebellious children. Heartache. Hello. The lust of the flesh, the corruption that is in the world through lust will get them. That's why, oh man, we could just talk for days, but I only have 801. Lord, help me to use 29 minutes really strong right here, Jesus. So I just said the way that that you treat the word, that's the determining factor of your level of increase. Okay, so now I'm just going to kind of skim through some of these. So you know about the the word that fell by the wayside in Mark Mark 4. Just just accidental drive-by word. Drive-by word doesn't get it. It's like, oh, like I was, I was passing and I heard a few words. Yep, that's my Christianity service today. That's not the kind of service. Satan comes immediately and takes that word. There's no chance for it to incubate. There's no chance for you to increase God's way. The next one was stony ground in verse 16 through 17. I'm just going to capitalize here. And what happened is that they, they received these, this word immediately, but they, were, uh, they didn't have any root in themselves and then endure for a time. But afterwards, affliction arises for the word's sake. And immediately they are, somebody say, offended. We talked about offended. You cannot increase in God if you're walking in offense. You cannot harbor this. You cannot be offended at the police. You cannot be offended at the, at the governor. You cannot be offended at the president. You cannot be offended at your wife. You can't be offended at your kids. Dear Lord, don't be offended at your pastor. And don't be offended at the music uh, director. Okay, thank you, Jesus. No, really, if you, if you harbor offense in your heart, a little leaven does what? Offense doesn't just go away. You have to deal with it. If you don't deal with offense, if you're mad and bitter about something, you will not be able to increase God's way. I'll explain that later. Okay, then, of course, then there's those that are sown on the good ground. Those are the ones, oh, the ones on the thorn. Okay, those that are sown among the thorns, they receive the word, and then they have a certain amount of root, but then it says that the distractions of life, and the, the uh, other, the, the uh, let me just read it from the Amplified, because it's so good. Uh, 
verse 19. Yeah, I like that. Uh, it says, cares and anxieties of the world, distractions of the age, verse 19, and the pleasures and delight and false glamour uh, and deceitfulness of riches, the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in. And what does it do? It chokes. It suffocates the word and it becomes fruitless. If the word is fruitless, then you are fruitless. Not only that, whatever you have will be taken away from you. You are open game. That's why I'm saying increase is in the heart of God and he wants to give it to you. It belongs to you. Remember the first scripture, the Lord has been mindful of us. He will increase us, right? That's God's plan. But we need to cooperate with that. And so we saw here that if those people that were in the thorns, it was cares, anxiety, they got, they got, uh, overcome with this life and they lost their focus. Keep your, say, tell your neighbor, keep your focus. Keep your focus. Then, of course, we go to, to the good soil, which is verse 15. But the seed on the good earth, these are the, and I like this in Luke eight fifteen, And I have this in the Message Bible. Check this out. But the seed in the good earth, these are the good hearts who seize the word and hold on no matter what. Sticking with it until it's a harvest. I like that. How many of you like that? I just, I just love what I said. Let's do that again. But the seed on good earth, these are the good hearts who seize the word and hold on no matter what, sticking with it until there's a harvest. Say, that's you. That's me. Hallelujah. So, you know, I, these are just examples of increase and, and such. But now let's, let's, oh gosh, I just want to really race through this. I'm doing pretty good in five minutes. Okay, that's pretty good. Um... You know what, friends? Look, look at this. So, so I think that scripture was awesome. Luke eight fifteen in the Message Bible. Grab that, meditate on it. It's really, really good, good scripture. Hebrews six eleven through twelve in the King James Version says this. And we desire that each of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. It's not how you start a race. Everybody starts the race. I'm glad you came to church. I'm glad you've been coming to church. I'm glad you received Christ. But friends, it's not how you start a race. Come on, help me out. Whenever we're watching the Olympics, I'm like, and then on your mark, get set, bang. And does everybody, okay, now we turn off the TV. Let's come over here. No, it ain't over until the race is over. As, am I right? So if, is it, am I fair in saying that it's, I'm glad you start? Everybody's got to start. But it isn't how you start. It's how you finish. You gotta hit the finish line. Tell you them, I'm gonna make it to the finish line. Tell somebody, I'm gonna make it to the finish line. And the way you're gonna make it to the finish line is through faith and patience. Faith and patience. Okay, so you know, you, you say, Pastor Tom, are you sure increase is God's will? Absolutely. Look at it in, in Luke 2:52, and then we'll move on. Jesus increased. In wisdom and stature and in favor with God man. So there's several dimensions of increase that Christ had in his life. You figure if Christ increased, do you suppose it's okay for us to increase? Especially as we're supposed to imitate him. I'm just saying. So let's look at Genesis chapter 30 as we move forward in some real interesting cases of increase. Genesis chapter 30, verse 29. That's funny. I thought I I was going to put Abraham there. Okay, he's coming in. Jacob. So in this scripture, what you have is, you have Jacob is working for a wife. And Laban tricked him and gave him the wrong one. And then, so he had to work another year. So it ended up being 14 years. So while he's working with him, he understands that when, while he's working for this guy, something is going on. Now, understand this. Increase is not out there. Listen carefully now. Increase is in here. You are the carrier of increase. A lot of times people want to, they call it the geographic cure. They say, I'm going to move to such and such a state because the jobs are better there. Friends, as we read this account and many accounts, several accounts as we're going to look at, people increased. It isn't that they went to a place because the place was lush and it caused them to increase. No, no, no. What happened was they had increased in their spirit. And when God put his hand on them, suddenly things started to happen. And it started going wild, wild increase, just beyond, above and beyond the expectation. 
All right, listen to that and keep that in mind. So here we go in verse 29 of Genesis 30. So Jacob said to him, you know how I have served you and how your livestock has been with me. For what you had before I came was what? Little. Little. Come on, class. What What you had before I came was little, and it has increased to what? A great amount. And the Lord has blessed you since my coming. Are you catching this? For those of you that work for an employer, you know you ought to have this thought about you. God's moving through me to bless this company. He's working through me like before I came this your company was a mess. But now that I'm here, thank you very much. The anointing is operating through me. You can't. Oh, that isn't that a little bit uh, arrogant, Pastor Tom? No, it's called humility. It's understanding that God has put an anointing on you to help people. And so here he is, he joins himself to a company, and the company was measly and small, but all of a sudden he came, and since he came, there was increase that came. Right? And so then he went, uh, let's go to skip to verse 33. So my righteousness will answer for me in time to come. This is, this is Jacob speaking. And listen, friend, your righteousness, or because you are the righteousness of God in Christ, it will answer for you in your job situation, in your contracts. It will answer for you. Did you know that Laban changed uh, J, uh, excuse me, Laban changed Jacob's wages, I think it was 10 times. He ripped him off. He changed it up and he was constantly frustrating him, frustrating him. And then Jacob was still being cool about it, although he knew that he was being cheated. But the day of reconciling came. The anointing will always help you lift to the top. Don't be a crybaby. Stand on your anointing. Be Walk in integrity of heart and the Lord will fight your battle for you. Somebody else took the credit for my project and they, they got the promotion and I didn't. And I'm the one that did it. I can't believe that person. So what are you going to do? Get on a picket line and scry and ball and squall? Friends, let God do it. Let God do it. The anointing that got that project done is operating in and through you. And there's more where that came from is all I've got to say. And the other people that don't have anointing, you'll, they'll figure it out real soon that that well is dry, but what's coming out of you is alive. Creative. All right, shall we continue? So then uh, we move right along. So in ver- let's skip to verse 37. Now Jacob took for himself rods of... God gave him a plan. He made a negotiation. Okay, let me have the speckled cows. You can have the solid cows. All right. And he goes, sure, fair enough. So in verse 37, Jacob took for himself robs of green poplar and the almond and chestnut trees, peeled white stripes, and then exposed the white which was in the rods. And the rods which he had peeled, he placed before the flocks in the gutters, in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink, so that they should conceive when they came to drink. And it goes on to say how that when they were speckled, when they were real strong cows, regardless of the color of their hide, when they were strong cows and real nice, he would put that stick in the water and they be drinking the water looking at that stick. But when they were all measly and not, not quite so, he'd take the stick out. Okay, you can drink there. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. You come over here and drink. He'd stick, put his stick in the water, drink from over here. He separated the herds. What happened? The herd, <laughs> friends, the herds of Jacob became huge and powerful and healthy and robust. And the world, and the one where faith, listen, where faith was not exercised. Are you catching this? Where faith and the anointing to increase was not exercised, those became measly and fell apart. And notice this in verse 41. When, and it came to pass, whenever the stronger livestock conceived, that Jacob placed the rods before the eyes of the livestock in the gutters, and they might conceive among the rods. But when the flocks were feeble, he did not put them in. So the feebler <laughs> were Laban's, and the stronger were Jacob's. And the ones that were brown cows, when they put that little thing, they became speckled cows. And the ones that were speckled and were weak and messed up, no, then they turned, must have turned brown. Then I, that was a miracle. Somebody say miracle. Amen. So there you have a situation where, <laughs> where, where God moved in his life. Amen. And he didn't become bitter. He just continued to operate. Because I told you, increase is in you. 
The, listen, all the cows, they ate the same grass, right? Didn't they eat the same grass? They were under the same sun, weren't they? Don't tell me the cows in Berkeley get more, you know, mm, bitter cows in Berkeley. It was whatever the hills were, friends. They were eating the same grass, the same hill, but there was the difference was the spirit of increase on Jacob. Did you catch that? Let's move quickly over to Abraham. So I, I spoke to you Sunday about avoiding strife. Abraham, notice what happened with him. He went up to Egypt and it says in verse uh, Genesis 13 and verse 2, Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver and gold. And the amplified version says he was extremely rich. Can you say extremely rich? And it says in verse number five, Lot also went with him, you know, with Abram, had flocks and herds. And basically, here's a story in verse seven. There was strife between the herdsmen, right? There were so, so great was their substance that the land, can you imagine it? The land couldn't support it because they were so great of substance. And so what did Abraham do? Remember, Abraham is a covenant man. He's a man that's full of the spirit of increase. God put it on him. Is that right? And you know, Lot has it too. Lot had because he's associated with, watch who you associate with. So then they, what, they, what they did is, he said in verse number eight, Abraham said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. It is is not the whole land before you. Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. So Lot lifted up his eyes, of course, and he went to the lush things of uh, fleshly lead, and he went to Sodom and Gomorrah where it's all not only lush pastures, but wicked, evil, nasty people. And then Abraham turns to, his, to his, the other side and goes, a dry, drab field. Friends, remember where increase is. Your increase is not in where the herd is and this and that. He looked over there because he's a covenant man. Where's increase? Somebody go like this. It's inside. It's inside me. God has anointed you and enabled you to increase. So notice this. So, so he went, you know. And God, even in verse 14, I don't, you can see that, how lift up your eyes, Abraham, in verse 14. Look from the place where you are, northward, southeastward, westward. All the land which I give you and your descendants forever. I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. And the man could number the dust of the earth. Then your descendants could also be numbered. Arise, walk the land, length and breadth, for I give it to you. Abraham moved his tent. And this is an important thing. And there he built an altar. He built an altar. Let's not forget that. What did he do when he built that altar? He worshipped. I like to put it this way. Put a praise on it. He gave God the glory. Wherever those breakthroughs happen, you, let's put a praise on it. He sealed it with praise. Okay, so notice what happened. He t- must have taught his... He modeled this behavior in front of his son Isaac because very similar things happened. Let's look at that. Genesis chapter 18, verse 17 through 19 talks... Oh, oh, forgive me. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's fine. Uh, shall I hide? I'll just read this. Shall, Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that which thing which I do sing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation? Sounds like increase to me. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. That's what you need increase for so you can be a blessing. Somebody said amen. And it says, For I know that he will command his children and his household after him that they shall keep the way of the Lord and to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken. Can you see this? Can you see how, how God had confidence in Abraham that he would bring not only himself, but he would model it for those that came after him. So let's see if he did that. Indeed, he did. Let's look at what happened in Exodus 26. First of all, there's a famine in the land. Besides the first famine that there was in the days of Abraham, Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines in Gerar. And let's just kind of move along because I can't go through everything. But let's go to verse 12. There's famine, right? But remember what we talked about increases in you. It says here that Isaac in verse 12 sowed in that famine drought stricken land. He sowed there and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And, and the Lord blessed him. In Exodus 26 verse 12. Is that, is that wrong? That's wrong? Genesis. Excuse me. Genesis. Thank you. Genesis. Thank you. 26. That happens. 
26.12. He, he sowed in the year of famine, and yet he still... See, everybody else in your neighborhood might be going down the drain. But bless God, if you are a covenant person, and you are carrying the spirit of Eden Creek, you may be the only person standing. But bless God, you are going to stand. No one else in that land harvested anything. But isn't that interesting to you? You look through the entire land, dry and drab, dry and drab, dry and drab. And then what's that lush thing over there? I'll move over here. Let's bring the news reporters over here. Oh, this has got to be fake news. Look over here. What's your name? Are you using Miracle Grow? You know I am. <laughs> I sure am using Miracle Grow. Where do you get that from heaven? God's an increased God. I want you. I just want to keep going here. Notice the model. The model. So he's used to operating in this, right? He's used to operating. But notice this in verse number seventeen. He departed there, pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar, dwelt there. And notice in verse eighteen that he digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. So his father dug a well there, right? His father did. But the Philistines came and they stopped him up after the death of Abraham. Every one of those wells has a name. And every name was given by Isaac's dad. These wells belong to Isaac. Are you listening to me? But Isaac's... Here we have where, in verse 19, Isaac's servant digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdsman, verse 20, of Gerard did strive with Isaac's herdsman, saying, The water's ours. And he came in, in, the, uh, in the name of the well Essek because they strove with him. So what did he do? Hey, wait a minute, I'm taking you to court. I'll see you in court. Is that what he said? My father dug this well. Who do you think you are? Let's, uh, let's get the army guys. Let's, let's get the swords out. Is that what he did? What did he do? Does he sound like his dad? Does he sound like his dad? He sure does. Because he probably has this. You've got to remember this. There's more where that came from. Say that to your neighbor. There's more where that came from. There's more where that came from. They ripped me off. They took my $20. Brother, there's more $20 out there. It'll come in. They took, they took $200 from me. They cheated me. Bro, there's more where that came from. $200. They stole $20,000 from me. $20,000 from me. Does it still hold? You know it does. They stole $200,000 from me. Do you think it still holds? Is there more where that came from? According to your faith, be it unto you. You know it. You know that it comes back. You know God is able to stick up for you and bring it back. So guess what he did? He let it go. And in verse 20, I guess, or was it 20, 21, they digged another well and strove for that also. And he called the name another name, which probably means everybody's bothering me. Verse 22, and he removed from thence and digged another well. And for that, for that they strove not. And he called the place Rehoboth. And he said, for now the Lord made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. This is very important. It's so important for you to, for, for the law of increase to operate in your life, for you to have a healthy life, healthy relationships, sleep good at night, a healthy body. You must practice what Abraham practiced and then what his son practiced. And that is, you have got to have an anti-strife Policy in your soul that the moment something comes up to try to get nasty, you could feel that spirit coming on you. You have to say, Oh, no, thank you. It's okay. You can have it. Keep the thousand dollars. That's all right. It's okay. There's more where that came from. Somebody says something nasty about you. What do you do to people that hate you and revile you? You bless them. I'm sorry that worked out that way for you. I'm really sorry. We'll uh, catch you later. Bow out. Let God take care of business. Amen. Can you see what just happened there? We have to really be careful. We have to be careful to not take on a spirit of strife. Not bad here. I'm, I've got my targets. I really want to get to this second half. Anyway, uh, if this turns into a two-stage uh, message, I'm sure that would be okay with you, please. Because there's like so much more. But anyway, understand this, that along with increase comes persecutions. 
And that's why you have to be so set against strife. It says Jesus said this in Mark 10 in the Amplified Bible. Jesus said, Truly I tell you that no one who has given up or left house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, or lands for my sake and for the Gospels, who will not receive a hundred times as much in the sweet by and by. No, right now. Right now, in this time, houses, brothers and sisters and mothers and children, but there's a little tag to that. I don't like to say that. This is a word church. That's, that's got to be wrong. With persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. Well, don't you know that you having to forgive people, that's real persecution. People saying bad things against you. You know what I'm talking about. 2 Timothy 3.12 Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ... Jesus will suffer persecution. Everybody say, suffer. Suffer. Persecution. Persecution. But that's okay. Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He said, be of good cheer. Listen, it's the price. It's the only price that you need to pay. You may have to pay that price on your knees to forgive people. That's, you know, that's suffering. When people say evil things about you and they take things from you that you did not give them, they take the credit and for you to have to fight off wicked imaginations, that's suffering. That's suffering. But you to stay sweet and to keep in a spirit of love, it, you know, to, to put your flesh down when you really feel like not, you feel like laying hands on them suddenly. You feel like, like Ingrid says, going West Oakland on them. <laughs> I'm about to get West Oakland on you, man. Okay. But Jesus said this in John 16, 33. These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. And in the world you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And speaking of increase, Psalm 3. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many are they that say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. But thou, Lord, art a shield. Thou, Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice. He heard me out of his holy hill. I laid me down and boy, did I sleep. I awaked and the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid. Say, I won't be afraid. Of 10,000 people that set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, and save me. Thank God he's still saving today. For thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth, the ungodly. Salvation belongs to Who? It belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you uh, about Isaac, that when he departed uh, from there, I have to go back real quick. Isaac also built an altar and worshipped. So that's such an important thing. Give God glory. Worship God. I forgot to cover that. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me. Okay, so let's get into what... what, um, what I really wanted to go into. This is fun. I'll get into it and maybe we'll ha- we might have to pick up another time. But what do you say? Give me, who will give me five more minutes? Who will give me ten minutes? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Okay, ten minutes. Okay. So speaking of increase, let's talk about spiritual increase. You know that in- spiritual increase is the will of God. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Put your seatbelts on. Here we go. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as the Spirit of the Lord. In the Amplified Bible, I love what it says. It says that as in a mirror, we're beholding the glory of the Lord. We're constantly being transfigured into His very own image, ever increasing in splendor from one degree of glory to the another. Hallelujah. You get better looking when you come to church. Like some people are going to the spa. Yes, I want the cucumber rub. Thank you. Oh, yes. And can, I, can you work on this? See if I can tighten this up a little bit. Bro, you want to really help yourself out? Get in church. Let the word wash you with the washing of water by the word. And, you know, praise and start praising the Lord. The Bible says that the praise, those that offer praise are good looking. Hallelujah. Do we have any good looking people in the church tonight? It says praise is comely to the righteous. Hey, you better believe it. Spiritual increase. Okay, so here's a thought. Go to church. That's, that's a good way to behold the Lord's presence. You just being here tonight, you're, it's helping you with a spiritual increase, so to speak. Oh, man, there's just so much I could say about that, but I'm just going to move. Okay, I love this. Laws of increase. God has established increase 
And in more often than not, I have noticed that increase is by degree. It's not like some sudden increase. In other words, if God's going to increase you, like monetarily, it isn't that, I won the lotto, I won the lotto. I mean, I hope you do, but that's not, actually, I'm not sure I hope you do. If you do, do you have the character to sustain a $30 million lotto? Most people, you know the, you know the statistics. Most people, it destroys them. They lose their family, they lose their kids, they become rotten people, and they strung out on drugs. Who needs that? But, but, I have found this to be the case. I have found that a faithful man abounds with blessings. And he that hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. It's going to hurt you. It's going to cost you. So a faithful man is, is something that you do on a regular basis. God's working people that just operate in their gifts, in their anointing on a regular basis. You go to work. You go to work and do your job. You go to work and do your job. You serve the Lord here. You do these little things that may not seem like stellar or spectacular, but that, can I just take the fog out of your eyes? That's how increase works. The Bible says that a faithful man will abound with blessing. Someone that's doing something that they have been asked to do, the Lord has put it on their heart, and they're obeying the Lord. Here a little, there a little. Now look at in Mark, Mark chapter 4. So it is with the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed in the ground. I just want to talk about process right here. And you know the, you know the, the story, or not the story, the parable of how a man sows uh, seed or the sower sows seed into the ground. But I want you to know in the NIV, Mark 4, 27, 28, it says that night and day, whether, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. Now, whether you see it or don't see it or know exactly how it works or don't know how it works is irrelevant. If you are doing this thing of reading your Bible, praying, coming to church, being in the presence of God, you can't help. You cannot help but have something stirring in your spirit. And there's increase. That's, 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 there's something germinating in your heart. There's something germinating in your spirit. Sometimes I see people. I walk. I see street people. Like there's a guy on uh, uh, Marina Boulevard. I don't know how he can survive. This guy, he's the big bush man. Oh, my Lord. Like, I, I don't know where to start. Like, I'm trying to think, Lord, what should I do to help this man? But how does a man that's, he must only be like in his 30s or something. But, but it's hard to tell because he's so overgrown and he's just full of mud and just horrible living on the street, you know. But, but how did he get in that condition? No word. No word. And you know, uh, Jesus said, when John the Baptist said, uh, sent his workers said, uh, are you the Christ after all? And he says, uh, you tell John the Baptist that the poor have the gospel preached to them. Think about this. The answer to poverty in America is not another government program. And it really isn't just education. What it is, is the gospel being preached. He said, how do I know? What's the answer to poor people? The gospel being preached. They need to hear what you're hearing today. That God is a God of increase. And he wants to take you from the very low. He'll take you out of the dunghill and place you among princes. That's what people have to know. That guy walking on in the boulevard needs to know that I've been a street person for five years. I have nothing to work for, nothing to look forward to. But if there's a God that can answer and do something for me, he's got to see if I could put that word in there, if I could just hear it, and if I could just do it and incubate it, something's going to happen. Hope will come into his heart and he will be able to increase and be able to function in society and get off the street. Hallelujah. Oh, I'll just throw that in there for free. Amplified Bible of that says, and then continues sleeping and rising night and day while a seed sprouts. Somebody say the seed is sprouting and it increases. He knows not how. The earth, listen, the earth produces by itself. There are situations in your life that you don't have to figure it out. The angels are working and they are causing it to come to pass. You don't have to figure it out. You just maintain your position of patience, amen, and, and praise and prayer. Uh, where are we here? Okay, Genesis 8.22. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Here's the next point. There are laws and seasons that God has established. And there's a lot of people that are trying to say whatever God established, it could be changed. But my friends... 
The laws that God established, they are what they are. You can try. It's like the person that said, you know what? I know they said they're going to have sales on this day. Like, but you know what? I'm not going to go on, go shopping that day. I'm going to go shopping two days after. So then you go in and you go there. First of all, the prices are jacked up again and everything's like, um, the, 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 uh, uh, cupboards are empty and the prices are high. Like, where are all the specials? What happened? You came at the wrong season. Uh, don't you have my size? Oh, I'm sorry. We sold thousands of them. They're gone. They don't have your size. Like, man, so, so figure it out. People in life, they go shopping and they miss the sale. They miss the date. Friends, there are seasons and times in God's control. And people are missing the sale. I, I see a lot of people have perked up. Oh, sales? Oh, sales? <laughs> You've heard the saying, a day late and a dollar short? I think that comes to mind right about now. <laughs> but there are cycles in God. There are cycles. And you know what? We need to follow God in the right season. There, there were men in the Bible uh, that the sons of Issachar in First Chronicle, you don't have to turn there, but sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do and, there, and, and, and so forth. They understood the cycles. Like there's a time to buy. I love this, Ecclesiastes. To everything there's a season. That's part of increase. God will tell you when and how. To everything there is a season. A time for every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant, a time to pluck up what's planted. A time to kill, a time to heal. Time to break down, a time to build up. Time to weep, time to laugh. Time to mourn, time to dance. Time to cast away stones, time to gather stones. Time to embrace, time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain, a time to let loose. A time to keep, a time to throw away. A time to fear, a time to sow. I'm sorry. Tear, not fear. I never have a time fear. A time to tear, a time to sow. Time to keep silent. And a time to speak. A time to love. I wish I had time. We might be able, we'll come back to this. How about that? Next time I'll try. I'll ask the Lord if I can come back. A time to hate, a time of war, at a time of peace. There is a timing to things. And maybe I could come back to this at another time. But but the, the thought is this. Somebody asked the comedian, what's the success of your illustrious career? Timing. (laughs) You know, uh, they just, someone that just has a a phenomenal sense of timing. Like, you know, a lot of opportunities that come our way, the Lord may say, nope, not that one. That's not it. We talk a lot in this church about being led by the Spirit. That's major to increasing. Like, not that one. Mm-mm. No, no, no. But then the Lord may say, that one. And, you know, be careful because sometimes when the Lord says that one, you are like, I'm supposed to buy that field? <laughs> that, that car looks kind of like a clunker to me. Or, really? I'm supposed to go to that school? I, nobody goes to that school. Or, I'm supposed to go to that church? Or, how about this? You mean... I need to come forward and talk in glossolalia? I mean, me? uh, I'm a college grad. You know what I mean? Speaking in, you know, glossolalia? That doesn't fit in with my dossier, you know? (laughs) There's a time. There's a time. And you see, part of what increasing in God is after you've protected your spirit and everything, you're operating in the right time. You know, and here's another thought just before I close. And gosh, there's so many. I'll give you a little preview. Oh gosh, there's so much good stuff here. Okay. There's a time to speak and a time to be silent. Did you know just because you know the facts about something doesn't mean that it's the right time to speak up? Number one, good communication isn't just you. Good communication is the person that's going to be listening to you. Are they ready to hear? And are you the person that's going to do it? Like, we need to have an intervention. I've had it with this. So we're going to go up to that guy and we're really going to give him a piece of my mind. Keep your mind. (laughs) But if everybody in the room knows that something needs to be said, usually there is a person that has a grace to say it. So that from that person, it would be speech that edifies and builds up and doesn't tear down. 
Amen? Amen. So, not all, as much as everybody would like to think that we're all created equal, yes, we are created equal, but there are anointings that we need to respect. Sometimes the best thing we could possibly do is be quiet. Don't say anything. Wait on the Lord. Let whoever is anointed to say it, say it. Amen. How about letting things go? Dear Lord, I'm going to leave it on this because I want to get all the women in the church on my side. Men, there's a time to let things go. You know, go to that garage. Oh, my Lord, that rusty. You've got 30 screwdrivers. 29 of them are rusty. And they're all the same size. Can we... I can hardly move in here. Can we let go of some of this old stuff? Friends, we need to travel through life light and easy. You cannot keep acting like a hoarder. <laughs> right? I thought I'd get more amens from the ladies from that. Let me, I'm going to come over here to Mrs. Her. Amen. Amen. Say that again. Amen. Aww. Aww. Listen, we'll pick this up another time. We, I, we've had enough time tonight. Father, I thank you for your presence. For the will of God, for each one to increase in God. Lord, to increase in the knowledge of your will and of your word. To increase in the knowledge of the Lord and in understanding how to operate in this amazing capacity that you have given us. To be blessings to people around us and around the world. I'm asking, Father, whatever ceilings that we have, we all have them. There's certain things that we have had a hard time getting past. I'm asking, Father, that you would help us to break through in Jesus' name. I'm asking you for increase in our relationships. Help us, Father, as friends. Help us as friends to be better friends. Help us as ministers of the gospel to be better and increase For the sake of the people, in Jesus' name. For the sake of the plan of God. And Lord, we ask you humbly, Lord God, that you would increase us in strength, in numbers, and financially, so that we could pay this off, this building, and fund even more. And you know, Lord, that we have been faithful. Here's the law of increase, Father. You you stated, Christ stated it when he said uh, that, that he that hath will more be given. And if you're faithful with little, then you're going to be given much. Lord, I pray that every friend within the sound of my voice would be faithful with the talents that you have given them. And they use them for the glory of God. And I prophesy increase into their lives to glorify God and to bless them in the process. In Jesus' name, amen.